You were born with individual strengths and a unique purpose. Don't let fears, false beliefs, or life's happenings diminish your influence. It's time to live and lead for impact. Host Kirsten Ross, expert of transformation, will help you defeat the drama and overcome the trauma that can stop you in your tracks. You'll gain focus, find confidence, and take bold action. Unleash passionate, purposeful you. Let's go. Welcome to Live and Lead for Impact. I'm Kirsten Ross, your host, and this is episode 221. I have, and I know I always say this, but an awesome guest. I'm so blessed. I feel just so fortunate to have the awesome guest that I get to have here today. And his name is Jonathan DePotter. So Jonathan is the founder and CEO of Behold Retreats, a bespoke wellness service that facilitates journeys of self-discovery and transformation, supported by the scientifically proven benefits of plant medicine therapy. As a thought leader in psychedelic plant medicine, his priority is to guide leaders and executives to maximize the benefits and to raise education and awareness on the subject. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you, Kirsten. It's a real pleasure to be here. And I, you know, I have to admit, I know nothing really about um, this world. So uh, fresh ears here. (laughs) So tell me about your work and the impact that you're making with it. Yeah, sure. And, um, you know, I think it's a, it's an exciting time for this uh, plant medicine or psychedelic uh, medicine. It's really kind of come back into the modern zeitgeist in more recent times, thanks to all the amazing science that's been done by Johns Hopkins, NYU, um, you know, other other universities across the U.S. And, and globally as well. So in terms of the impact that we're having having and, and want to have even more broadly, uh, real focus is on elevating consciousness, right? So at the moment, most of the narrative in relation to psychedelics and plant medicine is really about how it can be an effective treatment in PTSD and anxiety, depression, you know, many other mental health disorders. Um, But our focus is not really there. Our focus is on helping people get from good to great. Um, And so not from getting, you know, the lower levels of consciousness, as is the case with the, you know, typical mental health challenges to a better place. That's, of course, very important work. Um, But we focus predominantly, as you shared before, with executives, leaders, you know, people who want to have a big impact and helping them elevate their consciousness. So that's peeling away the layers of what they are not so that they can see what they truly are. So these are, you know, very powerful experiences that do um, surface uh, deep emotional uh, traumas sometimes. They can surface uh, limiting thought patterns and limiting beliefs. And also they're very powerful in terms of the experiences themselves, you know, moving us into the spiritual realm so that we can navigate within that arena and uh, and get some divine guidance to help us, you know, transform our lives and um, and yeah, not only impact our own betterment, but also those of uh, those those lives around us. So uh, I appreciate everything that you're saying. And I would love to hear, can you kind of give maybe a summary of some of the, the research? Again, I'm going to assume that a lot of people, you know, thoughts are coming to my mind that <laughs> aren't, I'm sure aligned <laughs> with what um, you're up to. And so can you share some of the research? I mean, I'm impressed by uh, by where the research is coming from. So can you share like some of the results that they are seeing and uh, the advantages? Yeah, sure. Um, and it's um, so I'll start by sharing 
what I would describe as some of the known science. And then I can also, if interesting, describe some of the things that the more advanced spiritual healers also understand about this work that is not yet quite acknowledged by the science. So in terms of starting with the scientific benefits, which there are many, um, I would say that they're, they're to the mind, to the body, uh, and then the third category is the more spiritual stuff, but we can come back to that later. So in terms of the mind, these medicines are all known to be neurogenetic. So that means that you're actually able to grow new new neurons, new brain cells, which didn't think we, we didn't think to be possible um, some years ago. The second benefit is it increases neuroplasticity. So that is the level of interconnection between different regions of the brain. Now, what you can see in your typical modern brain is that we have a highly uh, disconnected and fragmented actually uh, in our in our neurology. So that means that a small number of the region, small number of regions of the brain are highly interconnected. Uh, and so we are using a very small subset of neural pathways over and over again, overly patterned thinking, overly patterned behavior uh, in no small part, either due to you know childhood challenging experiences, childhood traumas, but also overwhelm, right? There's just so much going on in the, in the world around us that uh, almost as a bit of an energy efficient coping mechanism, we begin to use the same pattern patterns of mind just to be able to manage the complexity of everyday life. Um, so neurogenetic, uh, neuroplasticity, uh, the other benefits that have also been shown is um, reduction in thought patterns, right? So um, uh, the default mode network is a is a network of the brain that is responsible for our egoic thoughts. So that's all the I, me, my thoughts. Uh, and the National Science Foundation recently released research that shows that your typical person has between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts per day. Most of those are, if not 100% of those are egoic thoughts, right? So I, me, my. 95% uh, of those thoughts in most people are repetitive. And here's the real kicker, 85% of those thoughts in most people are negative. So we're thinking way too much. We're thinking only about ourselves. We're thinking the same things about ourselves over and over, and the overwhelming majority of those things are negative. So this work really expands our access to, sub to our subconscious mind. Uh, and through that, we're able to, uh, shall we say, face some of the demons that are sitting there and, um, and improve some of our self-parenting mechanisms to be able to speak more nicely to each other and to rewire some of our patterns of mind that are no longer in our in our service. So that's um, that's some of the benefits in relation to mind. In relation to body, um, there's, uh, there's a recent paper that's actually just come out, the first that's provided solid evidence for epigenetic benefits. So that's um, our genetic expression. So, you know, we all have something like 146,000 genes, only 23,000 of those or so are being expressed at a point in time. Uh, and so we can actually change our genetic expression and plant medicine can play a role within that. The second would be what I would describe as opening the heart or deepening the heart-mind connection and, and sense of intuition that follows with that. Um, and what we're trying to do through that is to synchronize the heart and the mind um, to 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 have a yeah I guess a deeper sense of of connection between the mental uh, and the emotional state of being um, and then the last thing that I mentioned within the body is um, actually two more things the one is I've kind of mentioned already which is trauma release um, trauma and lower level emotions are often stored in the body right so if we talk about shame guilt fear grief apathy envy anger pride all of these sorts of lower level emotions typically have a manifestation in our physical body uh, and so through this work we're, we're 
we're able to, again, get that expanded access and release these lower level emotions, uh, and also to release that physical trauma. Uh, and then the last thing is, um, is physical healing. So there's many, you know, anecdotes as well as emerging science that um, we can actually fix physical ailments. So whether that be things like cancer or improving vision or um, healing autoimmune disorders. So for anyone that's, um, you know, looking at alternative forms of treatment for physical ailments, um, the science is, I think, still pretty weak and, and emerging in this space, but certainly a growing body of, of interest. And um, there's recently actually been a, a clinical trial where they've just approved uh, use of one of the plant medicines that we work with in acute stroke victims. So as they're loading them into the back of an ambulance, they would actually potentially be giving them a small dose of uh, plant medicine to help them gain that neuroplasticity, which they obviously so need in the, in that acute state of uh, having a stroke. So that's a bit of an overview in terms of what's happening in the mind and the body and some of the science behind that. And then there's also the spiritual stuff, which is um, which is pretty interesting. Well, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And, and wow, um, I mean, you're touching on lots of things that have been of high interest to me um, and definitely the neuroplasticity and, and all of that. And, but I also, um, you know, just want to ask like uh, right now, obviously addiction is a, a huge challenge um, across the globe. Um, and I don't know where, where you are specifically, but in the U S uh, you know, some communities are really struggling. And so what would you say to people who maybe have, some of those challenges, but also struggle with, um, you know, the wiring for addiction and, um, and how does this, I don't know, just talk to me a little bit about, about that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Happy to help. We, we do get a lot of applications to our business for people who are looking for help with addiction and plant medicine can certainly help. It's not an area that we specialize in, as you can appreciate, it's very intensive work. Um, and there's also, you know, some people have some reservations in terms of working with a substance in order to overcome a substance, right? right. So there's, um, there's some healthy reservation there as well. There is a very powerful plant medicine uh, known as Iboga or Ibogaine. Um, which is actually uh, derived from a root from Gabon in Africa. Uh, and certainly I would say that from all the evidence that we have, it's the most effective in terms of treatment of addiction. Um, so whether it's opiate addiction or other forms of addiction, the iboga is really uh, proven to be a go-to. We don't work with that plant medicine, but uh, there's a number of addiction-oriented retreat centers in locations like Mexico, um, and uh, I think there's one in Jamaica now as well. And so for anyone who is struggling with addiction, I would very much encourage them to do some reading up on iboga, ibogaine, to see whether or not that might be something that is of interest to them. Oh, I love where you took that. Um, it was a little bit different than what, than, uh, what I was asking, but but that is also very helpful. And I am just very impressed with your breadth of knowledge. So uh, thank you so much for sharing that. But I was more thinking in terms of and again, I might just be completely off kilter, but like the concern of, you know, uh, kicking into addiction through ah. using the psychedelic plant medicine. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Got it. Yes. So if someone yes. has um, that tendency. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so these medicines are all classified in um, in medical terms as non-addictive, right? Mm -hmm. So 
Um, you know, the, the breadth of motivations are typically number one, healing, number mm-hmm. two, growth or creativity, number three, deepening spirituality. Uh, and then the last, the last two are, are a little bit different, right? So the last, the last two is number one, um, recreational. So people who just want to have fun, uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, uh, you know, I think the first three are a little bit more noble. Uh, and then the last is escape, right? So there are some people who are using these substances to escape reality. Um, and so, um, you know, Personally speaking, I have met very few people who fit into the description of using these medicines for escape. Um, but I, knew, I do know that they, they are out there, that they do exist. Um, but what I would say from my own personal experience and, and those of clients that we've served is I don't really see how some people could get addicted to them because these are such powerful experiences that have profound lessons for us to improve the quality of everyday life that I've never felt, you know, the day after like, oh, geez, I'd, I'd love to do that again after, um, after a, you know, a ceremony the night before. So um, I think it's, it's very much the exception that people do become addicted to these substances, but, but I think it does happen from time to time. Okay. Well, and I think, well, we could probably have a whole, I don't, addiction isn't a choice. I don't think anyone starts um, using mind altering anything <laughs> with the thought of, oh, I want to become addicted. But um, so anyway, I uh, but so I'm I'm wondering, it sounds like from your perspective, that's not a that's not a concern. But I'm just wondering, you know, and if you've done research on addiction, there's a genetic component, etc. Like, um, kind of, while we're on the topic, I'll share, I love the illustration that someone shared with me years ago that helps me kind of figure it out. Like if we pictured that each of us had a sponge in our brain, which we don't, but if we did, um, we all have different size sponges and some Mm -hmm. people's sponges are very small and some are very large, but at the point where that sponge become, uh, would become saturated, that's the point where like use of mind altering anything is kind of out of one's control, not in someone's Mm. best interest. And so some people have this very small sponge. And so it might take a little bit of something. Uh, Whereas other people, it could be very long term social use. And then all of a sudden, there's a tipping point, you know, or over time, there's this tipping point where the sponge is now saturated. So um, yeah, I guess from that lens, um, you know, and again, none of us knows it's a roll of the dice, none of us knows. um, you know, Hubbergar sponges, let's say. Uh, so is there any, like, should someone look at family history in any way, shape or form before, you know, participating in something like this? Or is it, should it not be a concern? Um, so I mean, if, if people know that they have a predisposition to addiction, then I would say, you know, any habit that they're considering uh, should be should be looked at through that through that you know that understanding. Um, that being said, I think um, you know the, there's other things that we would look at long before that. So you know the if there's any family history of mental health challenges, then that's something that we would typically look at. Um, in particular, psychosis, schizophrenia, or bipolar, uh, because those are three conditions that are strongly contraindicated with. Uh, with working with plant medicine. But again, generally speaking, you know, the, um, if you look at, uh, I think the economist, um, a few years ago, they had kind of some harm related charts, 
Uh, and on the charts, they had alcohol, they had nicotine, they had methamphetamines, and then they had um, you know, cocaine, and then they had a number of the, the plant medicines, the psychedelics. And what you could very clearly see is that the harm to self and the harm to others as a result of the psychedelic substances were just order of magnitudes lower than alcohol uh, and nicotine, which were, of course, the two, um, the two primary problem children um, within um, within the, the harm to self and the harm to others. Okay. Of course, uh, yeah, more readily available. You know, more people, I guess we could look at percentages. But anyway, so I want to get to the more kind of fun <laughs> part of the interview, but I did, I did feel a need to kind of at least cover that, and I apologize. You likely yeah, weren't no. anticipating, but I just, I really, um, you know, wanted to kind of cover that for people because yeah again I'm sure you know for many people and I and again I love the studies that you shared and um you know and I'm very encouraged by the opportunity I am actually a very natural (laughs) bent person you know I prefer to use natural remedies Mm -hmm. as much as possible so uh so I love that yeah and I was just going to say I I really appreciate the skepticism because it's super healthy in relation to the subject right these are such powerful experiences that um, you know, sometimes clients come to us and they're like, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard this is good. Let's let's do it. Um, and it's like, well, I'd really love you to take the time and the energy to actually understand about, you know, the different types of experiences, good and, and not so good that can take place during, you know, a plant medicine retreat so that um, you're coming into this with eyes wide open. So I think for anyone who's thinking about, you know, accelerated transformation and whether or not these things might be of interest to them. It's just, it's great to have that, that degree of skepticism and also self-understanding in terms of, well, why are you really considering this? Are you considering this because you've heard it's good and, and, and you're just out of options or you, do you really understand why deep within yourself you're exploring the subject? And I think it's important that people take the time. Yeah. And what I appreciate about you, Jonathan, is your breadth of knowledge. Like I said, um, you know, we did not pre-plan these kinds of questions or this path. Uh, and um, I, I would encourage that if someone is going to take this path, be with someone with uh, the knowledge that Jonathan is, uh, is sharing right now. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it sounds to me like you definitely want to be in good hands. Absolutely. You know, the, um, the subconscious mind tends to have a few things in there that uh, are not too nice. So we want to be in a, in a very well facilitated and well and guided environment uh, as and when we're trying to um, access those things and release them because they're no longer serving us. Yes, absolutely. So tell me what motivated you uh, for this work? Yeah, well, it was it was really based upon my my own experience. So um, about five years ago now, I was uh, I was working in Hong Kong as a management consultant and, uh, you know, leading a big team and chasing the next promotion, the next client, the next deal. And um, I was an atheist at the time. And uh, I just remember looking at myself in the mirror one morning and thinking, God, this this can't be it. You know, they were they were dangling the next promotion in front of me. And I just thought to myself, it's I'm not going to be that five percent happier with the with the next promotion. And so I decided to take a year off and um, spend, you know, spend some of that time in, in South America hiking around and ultimately found my way to a plant medicine retreat uh, in Peru, where a few friends joined me and had a, a very challenging but uh, but also transformational experience that kind of set my life on a fundamentally different path. And so over the course of about the past five years, I've been 
making most of the mistakes that one could make in relation to plant medicine. And um, about a year and a half ago now, started to have the types of breakthroughs that are available when people are, are well-guided and well-facilitated and they're doing the mental and emotional work alongside the plant medicine. Uh, and so through that experience and transformation myself, I became, uh, I guess, doubly motivated again to um, help people avoid the mistakes that I had made over those years and uh, help them see it doesn't need to be as challenging as, uh, as the journey that I went on. Oh, that's great. And so, um, you know, I, I do want to, I've got your, uh, your URL here, which is behold-retreats.com. And that is where you can find additional information and connect. But so tell me a little bit about these retreats. How, what kind of work do you do? How long term is it? Like, tell me a little bit about how you help people. Yeah, so so we typically take a more holistic approach with uh, with our clients. So we tend to do three weeks before a plant medicine retreat to help them prepare. A one-week retreat in a location like Mexico, Costa Rica, Netherlands, Portugal, or Peru. Uh, and then three weeks after a retreat. Um, so to really help them integrate that experience and to make improvements to the quality of everyday life. So the three weeks before, uh, we're, we're mostly helping people get really clear on, number one, where they'd like to be. Second to that, where they are today. Um, and then helping them surface uh, any, any limiting beliefs, any limiting thought patterns, uh, emotions that are stuck uh, in the physical body so that, you know, with one of our coaches or one of our therapists, they can begin to, um, you know, get those shifts in thinking and get those shifts in emotional states of being so that uh, they're going into the plant medicine retreat with the tools that they need to actually be able to uh, do that rewiring, that they're going into that retreat with um, the ability to release uh, those lower level emotions so that, you know, when we're working with the plant medicine and we have that amplified access, um, then we're able to make a lot of progress over the space of that week. Um, whereas if we just jump straight into a retreat, then it can be, you know, a powerful and, and sometimes even overwhelming experience, but we don't really have the tools that um, the tools are the intentionality that we do uh, if we've put in those, those weeks of preparation. So that's really the preparation, the retreat. And then after it's really about helping people again, get the alignment that they're looking for in terms of alignment to their purpose, alignment to their values, um, and, uh, and how that comes to life in their, in their everyday interactions as well, both with themselves as well as with their, their loved ones, uh, and, uh, of course, in the work environment as well. So, yeah, again, to kind of taking a, a bit of a holistic approach so that people can really get and keep the shifts that they're looking for rather than just a plant medicine retreat. Oh, that's amazing. So I love it. So you're kind of uh, identifying the path, <laughs> the goals of the the key time, mm-hmm. and then after the fact, helping to implement whatever they've uncovered, discovered. And also, it sounds like they will have maybe release some of the stuff that might be barriers to to next steps. But then you're making sure along, you know, after the retreat that they're also implementing and not having anything stand in the way. Is that kind of a quick summary? Exactly. I got you. Okay. Exactly. And so that's great. And so for my for my own experience, as well as you know, what I've seen in, um, in, in others is, it's super common to go on a retreat, have this really profound transcendent experience, you've got all these lessons, and then life returns to normal. And then there you are three months later, yeah. six months down the road, ready for your next retreat. And then that pattern is just on loop. And that was, in fact, what was happening to me, which is, you know, I think a lot of people have got this mindset of I can do this myself. But the reality is, if you knew your mental emotional blind spots, and you knew what to do with them, 
you'd be working on them already and releasing them already. You don't necessarily need the plant medicine to, to do that. It just accelerates the process. And so uh, we really benefit from that outside guidance and support to help us yeah, see things as see, see ourselves as we are and then to begin to get those those shifts in uh, in the mental and emotional stuff. Great. So someone identifies their their passion, their purpose, but that doesn't tell you the steps that you need to take after the fact to make it happen. So exactly, yeah. exactly. And the science, what the science tells us is that these medicines, number one, they connect us with our joy for life. Number two, they deepen our spirituality. But here's the here's the key bit: they do not remove feelings of negativity or mm. toxicity. Mm-hmm. So you can go and you can go and get one and two and have this really beautiful experience. Yeah. And then as you return to everyday life, then slowly, slowly, all that negativity and toxicity, your fears and false and beliefs. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Got it. That's it. Okay, well, that's great. Well, I love that. I love the yeah the comprehensive uh, path that you're taking people on. So uh, I can't wait to hear what is an impact that you've made that really fuels your personal passion. You know, because I and why I always have people share this is that you know as entrepreneurs or difference makers or nonprofits, whatever it is that we're working to you know make a difference in in the world, there's going to be bumps and hurdles that we need to go through. And it takes such tenacity. And so we need to continue to fuel that passion. And I think it's so encouraging to others to hear about the difference that you're making. So what is it that you keep top of mind as you hit little bumps in the road? Yeah, you know, what I always say to our team is that even if through Behold Retreats, we only have ever been able to help one person, and we've helped already a lot more than that. It makes it all worthwhile, right? Mm-hmm. If we can genuinely and and entirely shift someone's self-understanding and, and help them, you know, love themselves more and and um, and have a bigger impact in the world, then that's you know that's time and energy and even years well spent. Um, and so I'm very excited about you know the shifts that we're able to see in our clients and the um, and also the 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 types of people that we've been able to get to, you know, we've been able to get to people who are in, in real positions of power and influence, which has been, which has been really magical. And to think that, you know, they're going back into those positions with a real shift in perspective away from, you know, egoic, uh, egoic desires and into, into that now with a more loving uh, perspective and able to bring that to, yeah, to the work that they're doing in the world is, um, is very exciting. Yeah. So tell me, for you personally, what's been the biggest internal or external challenge that you've had to overcome and how did you overcome it? This is in relation to the business or in relation to my own plant medicine work? Anything. <laughs> Just what's been a challenge for you? Yeah. Um, you know, there's um, there's a degree to which um, there's a degree to which. Uh, how do I say this the right way? <laughs> um, there's a degree to which we want to help everyone. Um, but these are powerful experiences and they can destabilize people. Mm -hmm. Right. So one of the challenges has been, um, you know, finding, making sure that we have all of the right mechanisms in place to make sure that we're only accepting people who are in the right, you know, frame of mind to be able to do this work. Uh, because even for those who are quote unquote doing great, these, um, these experiences tend to be very challenging. So that's been, um, you know, that's been, um, a real, a real, positive learning curve because we've had some incredible advisors on our team um, in terms of, you know, people who have done this work for, for decades. And um, so that's been, that's been very exciting to kind of bring a lot of the, I suppose, textbook and scientific knowledge into, um, 
into our collaborations with our healers who are you know spiritually connected people who tend not to look so much at the scientific side of things so bringing together the best of the science and the spiritual knowledge in a way that can really benefit our clients has been yeah just very exciting to um to bring those to bear as this topic becomes more and more popular well and you know i think that's very relatable because anyone who's working to make a difference always sees additional need and you know and for you of course the mental emotional you know connection with the work that you're doing you really do have to be probably especially intentional about I mean we'll call it scope creep but <laughs> but it's really just yeah. like you want to help everyone but it's not going to be right for everyone but I think anyone who's working to make their difference has to be really good with boundaries because there's always going to be additional need and we can end up you know just feeling overwhelmed and and unable to make a difference and it's like well recalibrate the expectations for yourself and stay hyper focused on where you really can make a difference. Mm. So I think that's very helpful for for everyone, you know, to hear that. It's such an important concept because we don't want to overwhelm yeah, ourselves right. as, as uh, impact makers, <laughs> you know. That's that's so true. That's so true. And I think I think yeah, def there's some beauty definitely in defining your lane and just having the the wherewithal to just to stay in it regardless of uh, you know what other things might uh, come in your direction. Oh yeah, we can definitely all feel that pull for sure. Out of that lane, <laughs> stay there. So uh, tell me, how do you personally stay motivated and moving during tough times that you encounter? You know, for for me, it's really about anchoring back to I guess my own journey as well as what I've been able to see in terms of the shifts and the shifts and others. Um, and I think, you know, just the improvements to the quality of human experience that I thought, I thought, you know, honestly speaking, I had a very good life five years ago. I had a great job. I had a loving girlfriend, beautiful apartment, um, and a good, a good life by any modern standard. But I was, uh, I suppose I was spiritually impoverished, uh, and I see that very clearly now. But also just the, the ease of mind that I have now is just so much greater than what I had at the time. Um, and it's not like I had any sort of mental health challenges. It definitely would not have had anything diagnosed. But the fact that through elevating consciousness, you can just have so much more peace of mind and so much more connectivity with self and just a, yeah, just a deep feeling of, of ease. Um, and that's, that for me is continues to be a motivation for, you know, bringing others in that direction and, and sharing with them the tools that have been successful for me um, so that they can continue to move themselves in that direction beyond, you know, say our seven weeks together. Great. And then, you know, last question as you think back to your transition from, you know, a job and that life that was good, but not mm -hmm. ultimately, uh, you know, your full potential or aligned with your passion, uh, what words of wisdom do you have for others who are maybe at that place in their own journey to making their impact? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, it's, it's all about finding all of the answers within, right? So as we continuously attune ourselves to what's going on in our minds, what's going on in our bodies, we come to recognize that all of the answers that we're looking for do exist within us. And I know it's a bit of a cliche, but the extent to which that's true and the extent to which we can expand our understanding of ourselves, the universe, and the relationship between the two, whether that's through meditation, through breath work, or through plant medicine, 
is just incredible. And so, you know, th there's actually a CIA paper that's uh, published and sitting on their website that describes the nature of consciousness and the universe and the relationships between the two. And in essence, it says that the universe is a hologram. So the whole is made of the part and the part is made of the whole. And so that's the, I suppose, scientific uh, basis for being able to find any of the answers that we're searching for within. Um, and so, you know, I think the outside world is, is great and, you know, there's so many things to enjoy and see and taste and experience and that's all very beautiful. But the inside world is every bit as exciting and perhaps even more so in terms of what we can access. So my words of wisdom would be in relation to encouraging people who um, may not have yet done very much of that work to um, set some time aside for themselves and explore the universe. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan. I appreciate you taking the time today. Uh, and, you know, if you are uh, curious about Jonathan's work, I, I have definitely learned a lot today. I um, was not aware, but I do. Boy, he is knowledgeable. And I really like the process that he takes people through the kind of that prep work the experience and then kind of the aftercare, I guess we could call it, or like implementing, making it operational. <laughs> uh, but so if you want to reach out to Jonathan, yeah, yeah, uh, it's behold-retreats.com. And you'll be able to find uh, notes from today's interview and all the contact information and uh, link to his website at our show notes for today's episode. And you can find that by going to defeatthedrama.com. Click on the podcast tab and then go to episode 221. So thanks everyone for listening. Jonathan, any final thoughts? No, thank you so much for having me, Kirsten. It's been a real pleasure. All right. Thanks everyone and get out there and make your impact in the world. 